Ladies and gentlemen, I have good news. We now have not just one, not just two, but five clients here at Orchestration. And we just started accepting clients not even a month and a half ago. So I am very happy to report uh, that our growth as a consultancy is going incredibly well. So uh, today I wanted to talk about one of those clients and take a bit of a look in some more practical terms into uh, exactly the kind of work that we are doing. So this client in particular is a software company uh, that has a lot of value-added services on uh, onto them. They've been around for a long time, uh, many years, and they serve a particular niche of the market. What they're looking to do right now is to launch a new service line inside of the business to handle uh, work from existing customer base and uh, a couple other uh, a couple other things, but mainly that. So what I'm essentially doing, uh, I'm working with the CEO and uh, I'm helping them build out the service line and in particular using the principles and the strategies that I've talked about a lot here and uh, in general, what we stand for at orchestration. Um, this company is a little bit of an interesting challenge because they are not remote, they are hybrid, uh, but it's a perfect case in point of what I've been saying for a while now, which is basically these strategies that we're using are not necessarily exclusive to remote companies, right? Ultimately, my mission and goal is to convert a lot of companies into fully remote organizations, but it's perfectly fine if you are a hybrid company, uh, it's perfectly fine if you have an office, that doesn't mean that you can't take advantage of some of these strategies because at the end of the day, this is just about a better way to do business and a more profitable way to do business. So in this particular case, as we're uh, designing and building out this new service line, uh, there's a couple of components to this. One is you know, the team architecture, who's going to be hired, uh, what roles need to be filled, how this team is going to be built. Uh, and then there's also an organization challenge here in terms of how projects are going to be managed, uh, in terms of how requests are going to come into this team and how they're ultimately going to um, uh, deliver work and then track that work in a way that ultimately can uh, be uh, managed against a target number of billable hours for for particular uh, clients. And then ultimately how this is all enabled through technology and internal communication and external communication and so on and so forth. And so this hits upon several of the core elements of what it means to run a high-performance remote organization, right? If you look at our element strategy, essentially you have the communication collaboration, you have technology, you have team architecture, you have culture, uh, you have sales and marketing, uh, you have business operations. All of this is involved in building out this new service. And so in particular, I'm looking at a couple of different directions to take this. And this is a, this is a, this is a live project. It's happening right now. Uh, it should play out over the next month or so. So hopefully I'll be able to come and give some more updates on this podcast as things progress and we, and we build out the service and validate it uh, and then ultimately launch it to, to, to the customer base. Um, but one of the things that I'm looking at doing is team architecture. And what does that mean? So team architecture is essentially how you organize and manage a team for a given unit or division or type of work. And this is um, uh, reminiscent of a lot of the stuff that I was doing in my last business, Optimotive, where our team architecture was built around, you know, several different service lines of work that we that we offer to clients. And it was built around our internal organization management structures in terms of how we organize and got work done. 
Uh, and then ultimately, it was built on how are we able to scale and uh, grow the company uh, over time. And so what I'm looking at doing here um, is figure out, you know, what does this team ultimately look like? Who are the people that need to be on this team? And can we use a mix of full-time employees, part-time employees, freelancers, contractors to ultimately build a team that's very flexible, very, very scalable and can handle uh, both growth in demand and a decrease in demand without necessarily impacting the bottom line. So we have our fixed cost structure in terms of operating this team profitably at a bare minimum based off of the demand we have off the current customer base. And then we have our variable cost structure in terms of making sure that margin and bottom line is protected um, depending on what happens with the growth of the, of the unit over time. And so this, this particular business is interesting because uh, the CEO is a fan of hybrid work. And as you may or may not know, I'm currently in Asia. So this company is based out of Boston. Uh, obviously, we're working together remotely um, in you know, orchestration, myself and, and, and the company. But uh, <clears throat> the CEO likes to have his team in the office. Yep, I want to see them. I, you know, I want to have uh, high quality local people. It's important to him. So you know, great. That's fine. That's something that we can take into consideration. Um, there's a couple of directions. We could build out the team entirely locally, entirely in the Boston area. And uh, there's a high likelihood that that will be the case. Uh, we can also build out the team so the uh, key leaders of this unit and the key uh, high leverage people on the team are based in Boston and then make use of either full-time, part-time or contractors in other areas, uh, such as other states or other countries uh, to provide a scalable function, variable cost structure on uh, any additional work that needs to be done, especially if it's not recurring work. Uh, that may need to be scaled up and then back down, therefore it doesn't warrant a fixed cost structure on those employees. Uh, that may be built in, and that's an option as well. Uh, and then we have, might have some variation of that uh, sort of in between, right? We might have some um, uh, permanent full-time employees Boston. We might have some part-time local employees. Uh, and we also might have some full-time employees somewhere else. Uh, the CEO's preference is to, is to have everybody be local. And so, of course... As we build out the project, that that will be you know the priority in terms of making that happen. But uh, you know what happens when all of a sudden we have a large client request coming in that doubles the workload of this unit, you know, and and we want to make sure that we have the handle because this is an on-demand service. So uh, typically under this structure, there probably would be at least a month of advance warning, and you know we could lead into that. But uh, I, I find it nice to design a team again, team architecture. Uh, in such a way where you have the ability to rapidly scale up the capacity of that given team uh, in response to demand. And so one of the ways that we can do this is by utilizing a you know a remote and global workforce to fulfill a lot of the lower leverage work in terms of uh, you know part of this a large part of this unit is front end development work. So uh, if there's a lot of very specific front end development work needed that can be overseen by that full-time internal person based out of Boston, and then they can work with two or three, uh, contractors that are skilled front-end developers but don't necessarily need to know the full ins and outs of the project and can be brought in on a project-by-project basis. That's one way we control our cost structure. Uh, that's an option. Um, so I'm looking at all of these different ways to design a team based on this methodology. And uh, again, this is a very specific application of this kind of strategy, right? Because uh, you don't have to be full remote in order to hire remote people. And you don't have to... Um, be fully bought into things like asynchronous communication or uh, uh, you know unlimited vacation and travel and all that stuff. You know, like 
I do this and I've done this with previous businesses I've had, but you don't need that in order to make good business use of this kind of, uh, uh, of an organization structure within, within your business. So that's one direction I'm looking at. Another direction I'm looking at is the technology and project management side of this. And so, uh, you could consider this falling well within the realm of digital transformation of, you know, implementing the right, uh, digital infrastructure to be able to handle projects and tickets and requests and organization of, uh, the work itself internally within the company. Uh, and you would be right. That's essentially what this is. But when it comes to working remotely, you need these things in order to operate because you can't just get together, you know, in person, sit down and say, all right, what do we need to do? Right. And if you try to do this ad hoc over phone calls and Zoom calls here and there, you're going to get lost. It's just too much to keep track of. And so at some point, you know, a system begins to emerge and develop. And if that's in spreadsheets or if that's in emails or if that's in a dedicated tool like Asana or Trello or Monday or Airtable, you know, something ends up getting built. And building that right in a way that successfully uh, is handles all the, the the things that are needed of it, right? In terms of internal use, in terms of uh, workload, in terms of uh, training overhead, in terms of just staying organized and making it easy to find and execute on different projects and tasks and things, right? All this stuff is very important. And so this is a piece of the orchestration remote work strategy is, is organizing your work digitally in a very clear way uh, and in a systematic process-driven way that allows you to manage multitude of projects uh, you know, well beyond the carrying capacity of what you would be able to do without the system. And so that's one thing we're looking at setting up within this new uh, service, within this new business unit uh, as well. It's a digital project management infrastructure that then ties into externally um, uh, client requests and ultimately uh, client feedback and communication, and then also executive level dashboards to understand what's being done, uh, how much the service is being utilized, and in, in two parts, uh, you know, are there conversations that need to happen with clients, external things? Are there conversations that need to happen internally if internal work is not reflected on what's expected from clients? And then also conversations that need to happen um, just from a financial level. You know, if, if this service is pre-sold and we have these contracts with clients to deliver work, but it hasn't been delivered yet, that has a financial impact on the business. So there's, you know, we've already invoiced, we've already sold this up front. But the work hasn't been done. So that has an impact cost-wise on get, you know, servicing that work later, especially off of a fixed cost structure and your operating expenses. And if that work is done before the cap, before the time is up or before the limit, uh, then you know, we, and, and we want to bill over, you know, how do we handle uh, that potential accrued revenue on that side and then the deferred revenue on the other side for work that's been billed uh, but hasn't actually been done yet? How do we handle that? Because that has to you know, ultimately reflect in what's happening on the client side. And we don't want any delays in cash flow. We don't want any delays in uh, invoices. We don't want any delays accounting wise and uh, just cash flow wise, right? Because this you know, that's how you operate a business. Uh, and having a fast speed on your cash flow turnover and not having a lot of accounts receivable outstanding and, and sort of being squeezed between that AR and your AP that's going out, that's a critical function of just maintaining healthy cash flow. And so that's a part of this as well. And that comes from having good project management and good digital systems and uh, executive insight into what's happening at all times, you know, as close to real time as possible uh, in terms of how that team is delivering. So you can make some decisions off of what needs to be done, uh, you know, in all different aspects of the business. So that's another area. And then uh, just in terms of 
uh, how you know this business unit is going to interface with clients, how the the work gets marketed and sold, and, and then how those clients then ultimately work with the team itself. Those clients are not all in Boston; they're not all directly there. So of course you're going to have remote collaboration. You know when you're working with these clients at different capacities and. That's a consideration as well, because we have this external communication that needs to be handled in a good, positive way to maintain client relationships, ensure retention, uh, and ultimately make sure that you know, these clients want to come back for, for more and they leave good reviews. And all of these uh, clients are very happy with the service that they get, right? So th th these are just a couple of the ways that I'm looking to apply you know, these methodologies into this particular project. But it's a great look at some of the specifics of how this uh this system this orchestration system gets put into real business practice because ultimately the impact of this is smoother functioning business everyone's happier internally externally and the business can protect margins can protect the bottom line and then maximize uh those profit margins and maximize cash flows coming in uh, besides just you know the on on just a, uh, a net basis you know what do we invoice what was our cost how much do we make that stuff changes over time when you have fixed operating expenses, right? So making sure that that cash flow is protected and sped up in terms of how that gets put to good use by coming back in the business as well, right? So these are all some of the areas that uh, I'm looking at for this project in particular. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, this is an ongoing thing. So there will be some some more updates and some more changes. And you know, this this particular project, I'm sure as new stuff comes up and, and we start making some real decisions around how this thing gets built, so yeah, that's it. That's pretty much just a look at, at an active client right now, some of the work that we're doing and, and some of the thought process behind this. And that is that is what we're all about here at Orchestration. It's about doing good work in business to maximize profit margins, maximize EBITDA, speed up cash flow, and ultimately create a better business with strategies that remote companies have to use in order to survive. Because when you're remote and, and you want to thrive and grow fast and do well, you have to do these things right. Uh, otherwise, you just can't get business done. So that's why all of this stuff exists. You know, this is the stuff that uh, that I've been working on in previous companies, previous businesses that I've had. And it's the kind of stuff that we're trying to bring to companies all around the world today. So that's it. That's the look. And I'll catch you guys next time on uh, the next episode here. Hope you all have a good rest of your day.